Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Uh, let's head straight down to Shay Adam, who's along the pit road as ever. Lime Rock Park, great to be back here, Shay. And let's pick up on a few stories before our coverage of FP1, free practice one for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and the FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix. Hello there. Hello and welcome back to Lime Rock Park and welcome back to IMSA Sports Car Racing, Jack Hawksworth. It must have been so hard to sit out the last couple of races, but I'm sure you've stayed just as incorporated with the team. They welcome you back as if no time has passed. It's Yeah, it's great to be back, obviously. Uh, it's never easy, you know, when you watch from the sidelines, especially, especially when, you, you know, when you can't really... Obviously, for a while I was in hospital, right? So, uh, yeah, really, uh, really happy to be back, really happy to be healthy. Um, obviously, followed what the team have been doing the last few races, and um, I've been kind of kept in the loop, and they've all been doing a great job. And, uh, and yeah, just excited to be back now and be back part of the team and uh, go racing today in Lime Rock. Great weather for it. So, yeah, excited to get back in the car, see how it feels, and, uh, yeah, happy to be uh, put this all behind me now and move on. In terms of coming back to racing as well, isn't this the perfect track to sort of wade back into the waters? It's not as physically demanding as some of the ones we go to. Yeah, it's not as technical. It's not so much. Obviously, there's, there's not as many corners. So um, I think physically I'll be fine. I feel good. I've been able to train and do pretty much almost everything the last few few weeks other than running. But, uh, yeah, I feel good about it. Obviously, uh, it's, it's always a unique race, this, right, because it is a smaller track and uh, the lap times are so close, so just yeah, just happy to be here. We'll build into the weekend, and uh, yeah, try to go get a good result this weekend. Green flag is out, as you can hear in the background. But Jack, let's talk a little bit about the car. The Lexus was so strong here last year. You didn't get the opportunity to move up anymore because of the red flag. You feeling like the platform that you had at the checkered flag last year is a good start for where you are in GTD Pro this year? I think so. Yeah. So last historically it had been a kind of more of a difficult circuit for us, but last year we found a couple of things, and uh, I know the guys had a test here earlier in the year, which went very well. So we do feel pretty optimistic about it. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It's going to be hot tomorrow, so tire degradation will be, you know, I would have thought it'd be quite an important factor. So yeah, optimistic, and uh, you know, cars were fast last time out at most spots. So uh, obviously had a bit of bad luck on on both sides of the the garage. So we're hoping this weekend turn that luck around a little bit, and uh, yeah, get after it. Nothing but good luck for you this weekend, my friend. Awesome. Thank you. Cheers. Glad to have him back, John. Uh, and that's one story, Shay. We'll pick up another couple uh, in a moment. Shout up as you move down the pit lane. Jeremy Shaw joins me in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, welcome along to you, Mr. Shaw, on one of the, I think, one of the the most interesting circuits we go to. It's uh, by no means the longest. It is, in fact, the shortest, quite the reverse. Uh, but it's got a long straight. It's got a lot of twiddly bits, and it needs a lot of commitment. It's actually a real test for car, driver, and engineer here. Yeah, good morning, John. It, it certainly is. I mean, Lime Rock Park is, is one of the most characterful racetracks in North America. 
i.e. therefore the world, quite frankly, in my opinion. It's, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, there's only one left-hand corner here, and it's called the left-hander. Uh, uh, that's, that's another great thing about this place. I mean, there's the, the uphill corner is called the uphill. The downhill is called the downhill. Uh, Big Bend is called Big Bend, and the left-hander is a left-hander. And then, of course, there's no name straight as well. Um, so it's brilliant. Wonderful racetrack. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's a real challenge. Yes, it's short. Uh, yes, it's furious around here, but we always see some great racing here at Lime Rock Park. So I'm excited to get this going again. Good to see uh, you know, a few more cars, certainly, in the GTD ranks this weekend. And the other big thing for me, John, this is a, we've, we've really we, we've really just got the one class of car here this weekend. Yes, two, two, two categories with GTD Pro and GTD but all running the same specification cars. If you like, it's just the drivers that make the difference, GTD being pro-am. This is the first time that IMSA, I believe, has run a single-class race um, since the WeatherTech uh, Championship was introduced well, in 2014. The only time there were two PC races, prototype challenge races, mm. in 2014 at Kansas and uh, VIR, where they ran with the prototype lights championship cars I have. other than that this is the first time i believe that uh, we've had just a single class and i am really excited about it we've got 15 cars which is plenty to have a really good race yeah and that's going to come into play if and when we get any yellow flags we'll talk about that and what uh, not on effect that has for the yellow flags rule which uh, is going to keep us in our tours as well as the drivers early days uh, it was uh, uh, we still got uh, it was a, a, a one hour and 20 minute session when we started uh, times are starting to come in but let's check back down with Shea for another one of the developing stories uh, over the last few weeks in IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car uh, competition. Uh, we welcome back Jack Hawksworth from his injury. And it's another welcome back, Shea Adam, to a team and a car that was rather injured at Watkins Glen International a couple of races ago. It very much was, John, to the point where they could not repair that chassis. That, of course, would be the Carbon with Peregrine Racing Lamborghini. The 39 is a newer Lamborghini. I haven't yet found out where it came from, but the car that just went out on the racetrack now, as uh, the WeatherTech Mercedes is going very slowly down the front straight, that was strange, uh, that car is new. The crew building it up after Watkins Glen, getting it on the truck, ready to come out here and ready to perform this weekend. It will be Robert McGinnis, hometown hero, the man from New York City, driving alongside Jeff Westfall and... That worked out pretty perfectly. There we go. Car is on track. It did a shakedown lap. They brought it in, took every body panel off that they needed to, looked inside, saw a lot of sage nodding from the mechanics, and it's back out on the circuit with Jeff behind the wheel. Uh, we'll finish up a, another story of uh, class changes with Shea uh, in a little while uh, as well. Remind you, you're listening to uh, IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, the FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix, uh, and uh, it's live coverage here at uh, the brilliant circuit that is Lime Rock Park. And hello to all of you who've joined us trackside this afternoon. Uh, Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. So, GTD Pro and GTD, Jeremy, and um, there will be no class splits here from qualifying or indeed in the race. But hearing from the drivers' meeting this morning that if we do get a full course yellow, um, when that comes out, 
the class, in fact, we're hearing that the class is, is effectively a single class and they will all pit together. So we've got 15 cars. They'll all be able to come into the pits at the same time. Absolutely. We've just got a straight-up race. Fantastic. I mm. uh, love it. Uh, it. As you say, as we said, you know, there's two classes of, of, of driver out there, but uh, it, it's, it's the usual thing here. You know, it, with, with GTD and GTD Pro, they run as one in every race this season, so this is no different, of course. Uh, but the, the, the big thing is there's no traffic. Uh, there's, uh, you know, normally, uh, we have uh, the, the traffic of faster cars going past with the prototypes yes. or whatever, but... Uh, or, or in the past here, GTLMs and GTDs, but now this weekend, just each GTD. Absolutely love it. Yeah, and no class split, no resets. Everybody qualifies, whatever time is set in qualifying. Um, if it's a GTD car that's on pole position, it will take pole. If it's a GTD Pro, it will take pole. If it's a GTD car and then three GTD Pros and a GTD, that's how they will line up on the grid. Remember, the cars are identical. The, identical. Yeah, there's a new word. Um, is, uh, the cars are identical. The BOPs are identical. The performance potential of these cars are identical. The, the difference is the drivers. Uh, and the the reason that we have GTD Pro and GTD is the class of the drivers, the experience of the drivers, uh, and generally speaking, uh, the GTD Pros are works factory uh, employed drivers uh, through that particular category. So we've got BMW M Team RLL, uh, we've got Harter Racing Aston Martin, who won't run one of each, but they have got works blessed drivers in that car. Uh, Vasa Sullivan, see above comment. Uh, and then we've got the Corvette, definitely works drivers. And uh, Matt Campbell and Manny Jaminer uh, are both uh, Porsche supported drivers. Now we said, so, so that's how that works out. Now we said there was another story about changing class, which doesn't matter in the slightest here. Um, but we believe this is going to be for the whole of the rest of the season. This is the WeatherTech 79 uh, Mercedes AMG GT3, she'll get on out in that car at the moment. Let's find out the thinking between, behind going into GTD. They have been in GTD Pro. Cooper McNeil is with Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Cooper, before I get into any of the fun questions, I've got to ask the obvious one. Why the class change? Uh, I like green better. I was going to ask. Yeah, it's my favorite color, so it's, it looks better on the car than red. Well, it doesn't get lost as much in the livery. In all honesty, it did stand out yesterday when I saw the car for the first time because the car is red, white, and blue, so the red number panels and the red mirrors, it does get a bit lost. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, one of the big reasons is uh, Mercedes is fighting for the Manufacturers' Championship in GTD. So I figured we could help them out there, uh, among, among a couple other reasons that, um, you know, are internal. Um, but, uh, you know, it's the same... Same mindset that we go to the track every weekend, you know, even though it's a different class. Same mindset. We're here to, here to you know, hit all of our marks and go as fast as we can and, uh, you know, see where we end up at the end of the race. Um, we got Jules back in the car this weekend, and he's never been here before, but he'll be up to pace right away, which, uh, yeah, he's already already going quick now. So, um, you know, it's good to be back here at Lime Rock. Last time we were here was in an RSR, so a little different with the GT3 car, but... Uh, luckily, we got some good weather this weekend, and, and so far, so good with the with the car running well. 
I have to ask about Joel because the last time you guys drove together was Sebring. That resulted in a podium. It was a very good race for Mercedes. He's never been here before, as you said, but he adapts so well. Are we going to see more of him? I like the guy. Yeah, no, he's he's great. He's already, yeah, half a second off the quickest time so far. Um, you know, and, and we had Danny in the car last few races. It was his, his first time at, at Mosport, um, and he was, you know, on pace right away. And, and uh, you know, this is just another one of those high-caliber drivers with having Jules in the car. And like you said, last time we drove together was – was at, at Sebring where we where we finished third in the Mercedes. So uh, I expect him to uh, to do well. He's always always hungry, uh, always hungry for for a result. So uh, it's good to have him back in the car. And uh, you know, it's a shame he, he uh, Lufthansa lost his bag coming over here. So he he's borrowing shoes from I think Alex Ribéris, a shirt from one of the other Proton drivers that was on the truck. He's wearing Danny's suit. Uh, he's borrowing a Hans device from Ian James, so uh, he's got, he doesn't have his own gear. But I still, nonetheless, non, you know, expect him to go quick. So, so all good so far. Such an adaptable guy. Now, casting my mind back a little bit, I think it was 2012 that you won here in GTC, was it? Uh, but looking forward to this race, chance of an overall win. How much more does that mean coming into this race? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we had the had the chance for an overall win here last year, which I think we would have gotten had the race not been canceled because of lightning nearby. Um, so that was a shame. But, uh, yeah, have the same chance this weekend. Uh, I don't foresee it being as, as high of a probability as it was last year just because of the high competition in, in not only GTD but pro as well. Um, so, yeah, there's always that chance. Uh, the Mercedes is, is good, but it's heavy as far as BOP goes. So um, we'll see what we can do. You know, I think, I think we got a good shot at a podium as long as we stay clean and strategy falls our way. And, uh, you know, the guys have good stops. But, yeah, like I said, just starting now, and he's, he's already second in GTD. So uh, and the other Mercedes is, is first. So obviously the car is good. Um, you know, for the first laps we've, we've seen this weekend. But long way to go. But, uh, you know, I look forward to tomorrow. Hey, good luck this weekend. And good luck helping Mercedes with the Manufacturer Championship. Thank you. Shea Adam with uh, Cooper McNeil down there on the pit lane. Uh, we have had just on 13 minutes. And it's Antonio Garcia who leads out for Corvette Racing. And indeed, Jeremy, all of the GTD pros fill the top five places. Yeah, that's unusual, isn't it? We don't normally see that. Not uh, in the first uh, session, uh, absolutely. No, that was my point of bringing it up, yeah. yeah. Absolutely right. Uh, very well well spotted there. And, yeah, it looks, it looks as if we were here a year ago with the GTLMs and GTDs with uh, the, the red on top of the green in terms of the... Uh, uh, the timing pylon, but uh, yeah, it's uh, coincidental, but, and particularly the fact it's so close around here, it's just ridiculously close. The, the, Phil Ellis is, is sixth overall, uh, best of GTDs, and he's precisely two tenths of a second off the fastest time set by Antonio Garcia in the number three Corvette, so it's, it is ridiculously close, uh, and will remain so through the whole uh, weekend, I'm sure, uh, and super exciting. Just, just, uh, just with uh, Cooper McNeil mentioning then the the, the, the points table, uh, the manufacturer's points table in GTD, uh, coming into this weekend, BMW leads the uh, GTD Championship for manufacturers on 1,949 points to the 1,931 of Aston Martin, 
and then the 1880 of Mercedes and 1857 of Porsche. So it's less than 100 points, which it, with this still relatively new point system is pretty darn close. Uh, and that can change very quickly indeed. So uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly, uh, I think, uh, an interesting point that Cooper McNeil raised there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something to aim for. And same in, in the, uh, the Sprint Cup. This is also a round of the Sprint Cup series for GTD. Uh, in that championship, uh, BMW has a pretty handy lead. They got 1740 to the 1603 of Lexus. Uh, Mercedes is about 30 points behind them in third position as well. So, yeah, still lots to play for, John. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, as we're moving into the business end of the season for IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and indeed for Mission at Pylon Challenge. We've got some extra coverage for you from the qualifying session of Mission and Pilot Challenge coming up a little bit later on this afternoon. And then both races are tomorrow. Uh, Mission and Pilot Challenge first, and then uh, we have WeatherTech following along straight after. So a super Saturday for you. And indeed, we are working some kind of magic to, uh, to split uh, our broadcasts in sound and vision. Uh, because we'll also be bringing you the Porsche Carrera Cup North America two rounds, uh, one tomorrow and one Sunday from the NTT IndyCar event up on the streets of Toronto. So that uh, requires a, a bit of uh, technical wizardry, which we uh, will leave to our colleagues at uh, NASCAR Productions in Charlotte, who are giving us the picture so we can talk you all the way around the track here uh, and indeed at Toronto. Uh, and Tim Greer and his happy band of warriors uh, to uh, to do that back up in London to make sure the sound and vision goes to the right place. The, the easy thing to remember is it's all going to be on www.imsradio.com. Uh, and if you pick one over the other, because there is a bit of an overlap tomorrow, not on Sunday, obviously, um, then the archive's always there for you to look back on. Let's take a car barn update from that car, which has been... Uh, um, replaced uh, rather than rebuilt. Shea Adam was trying to find out the the provenance of that car. What's the news, Shea? Uh, the news is that they are having a rough session already, John. Unfortunately, they're having to push the car with four mechanics every time it wants to leave its pit box because new car to them, and it has a bad clutch. They are going to change it after the Oof. session is over, but they don't want to lose this valuable track time because this session being an hour and a half, they need desperately to try and figure out what kind of car they have under them. But yeah, Westfall, fine once he gets out on track, not so fine leaving the pit box. Uh, so that's a bit of a nightmare for them. 63 minutes to go. Um, as Shea says, once you get going, it's fine. You don't use the clutch, uh, but getting it off the line. So that is going to be something they'll have to... Hopefully, they only need to bleed that, or rather than swap the clutch itself. Uh, mid-engine car, of course, uh, that Lamborghini. And uh, they know that drivetrain very well. They used to run the Audi before that. If you look very carefully on the top of the casting for the Lamborghini, you'll see the four rings of the Audi brand on there. Adam Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, check the weekend. The uh, If you check the uh, weekend schedule, it's on there as well. Heart Racing, Aston Martin. Two cars for, uh, uh, for Aston Martin and two cars for... 
Harter Racing, Jeremy, they've been doing a cracking job recently uh, with a couple of really good results in the bag over the last uh, two rounds. Yeah, absolutely fantastic run for for that team. In the, uh, in the GTD Pro ranks, uh, the last two races, they finished uh, first and third. In regular GTD, they've had first and first. So, yeah, not bad at all. A brilliant uh, streak for this team. And, of course, Aston Martin won here last, last year in GTD. Ross Gunn and Roman DeAngelis took home the win in GTD. Uh, this year, the two of them are split, so they're going to try and win again. Uh, but this time in, in two different classes. Ross Gunn, of course, uh, sharing the number 23 Aston Martin with Alex Riberas and uh, Roman DeAngelis in the number 27 GTD car with the Belgian Maxime Martin, with, with whom he has won the last two races in a row. So, yeah, uh, Aston Martin coming in here really with their tails up, John. Yeah, and um, as you said, Jeremy, momentum at this time, the big M, the big mole, is so important at this time of the season, isn't it? Because the, the races are coming thick and fast, and as Carbon found out, if you get a problem, if you have a big incident or a big accident, it, it might have a big knock-on effect. So having good results does positively for you what having a big accident can do negatively for you. Yeah, um, you 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 got to go with the punches, though, haven't you? You, you? you go with the hand that's dealt to you, and 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 deal with it the best you can. There's going to be there's going to be ups and downs. That's that's motor racing, isn't it? Here comes the Aston Martin. We've had some changes in the in the times here. The number nine Faf Motorsports Porsche that leads the GTD Pro Championship uh, has been uh, pretty much well dominant force probably but uh, they've had three wins out of six races this season that is the fastest now it was Matty Campbell who turned out a 51.901 seconds and to put that into perspective the lap record in qualifying for GTD was Trent Hidman in the Acura that was back in 2019 at a 51.4 uh, the, the pole time last year was Roman DeAngelis in the harder racing Aston Martin at 51.7 so fastest time so far in this session already 51.901 there for Manny Campbell fastest in GTD regular Jules Gugno didn't take him long to learn this track did it in that number 79 Mercedes 152.1 exactly and Jeff Westfall by the way problems or not is second quickest in GTD a great yeah. debut for that car yeah Ben Barnicott in uh, among the uh, in the among the GTD pro cars yeah absolutely uh, at Nimsa Radio if you'd like to get in touch with us always good to hear you whether you're here at the track or further afield and uh, Campbell then from with Porsche from Chevy Corvette from Lexus from Mercedes from BMW from Aston Martin Vantage yes I know there's a the I know they are in different categories but for this weekend we'll talk about the different categories when we get to the end and start handing out trophies I think it's probably <laughs> the best best way uh, to do it because uh, otherwise it is as Jeremy said a straight race between the feisty 15 teams that we have uh, in the uh, on the track at the time just a quick note as well uh, I know that this venue in particular has a great uh, as has a great uh, history of historic racing and on Tuesday afternoon at 1pm uh, Eastern 
we'll have our next episode of Inside Track with Haggerty and assembling a really interesting panel uh, for that. Uh, looking at the growth and growth, the rise and rise of historic racing uh, with uh, Till Bechtelsheimer, who is no stranger to this track in IMSA and in historic racing and has just taken over the running of Lola. He's uh, bought up Lola and will be bringing that great brand back to life in both historic and current forms. Uh, we'll also have Stuart Hall, who is absolutely involved in the historic scene with uh, Rolf Gotha and the Rothko collection. And Pat Long, who's driven every Porsche ever, uh, I think. In fact, I'm, I'm going to ask him which ones he hasn't driven. Uh, that's on uh, Tuesday in Sound and Vision via the Haggerty Media pages, and we'll tweet out the direct links as well. That's Haggerty Inside Track, Tuesday at 1pm, uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Time. Looking forward to that one. So just under the hour to go, and looking for the uh, looking for a few in improvements here. Uh, fastest lap last time around. Uh, you have to. This is the opposite of the Nurburgring, isn't it, Jeremy? Where you reset to eight, nine-minute laps. You're setting 64 seconds, 52 seconds, you know, um, round here, 52, 53 seconds, and a one-minute four is actually a slow lap here. And, and that that is a reset just as much as eight minutes 17 is around the Nürburgring. Yeah, that's a very, very good point because, I mean, it, things go, go around here so fast. And, of course, uh, and in terms of setup on the cars here, with just the one left-hand corner, uh, really, the engineers just have to worry about the car turning right. Uh, they can sort of manage the left-hander because nothing really, it's not a critical corner. Uh, it's, it's just one to get through before you get to the next right-hand corner in terms of uh, efficiency and, and lap time here. So often here at this racetrack, uh, you've seen uh, cars set up kind of, not quite asymmetrically, but certainly as if, as if it was an oval, yeah. uh, but a right, a right turn oval, i.e. concentrating on making the car perfect through the right-hand corners rather than having the compromise of, making, of, of needing to work really well on left-handers and right-handers. Well, when the GT Le Mans cars were here um, and they had the option of different tyre compounds, we'd often see all three tyre compounds that they had for dry weather slick tyres being utilised on different corners of the car. Um, it, I mean, it was, it was that, that important and that... Um, obvious in terms of the setup to be able to get the, the, that as you say semi-asymmetric is that can we say that now can we coin that semi-asymmetric <laughs> setup requirements I it's, 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 it's either it's almost unique isn't it no, no I think it's almost completely and totally unique yeah. yes Jeremy as I heard somebody <laughs> say once <Yeah. laughs> I love it love it <laughs> So, settling into some long runs here, across the start-finish line. Number 16, Ryan Hardwick, Wright Motorsport, just gets passed there by the number 79, the Wright Motorsports. That's the blue and black Porsche in the Big Ben now, just being passed by the white. Number 79, Jules Gounon. Jules, a um, huge amount of experience and a smashing bloke 
I've spent many hours on aeroplanes with him going to various parts of the world and sitting in paddocks. You could not find a nicer person. We are absolutely blessed in endurance and sports car racing that we have such lovely um, characters in this sport who are prepared to sit and talk about their craft and about the wider world of motorsport. And Jill's is right up there with the, the very best of them. And he's just coming down through the downhill. The diving turn at the end of the lap. Let's go down to the pit lane and pick up some uh, driver opinion of what's been going on in the first 20 minutes or so. Uh, and Maxime Martin is with Shea Adam. We've been talking about the heart of racing, so we have to come to the heart that's beating the strongest. Two wins in the last two races, Maxi. Has it been a bit of a dream come true for you and Roman? Yeah, definitely. I mean, where, when you see the beginning of the season, we, we had the, a lot of bad luck, a bit of yeah, issues. But then, yeah, to win the back-to-back in uh, Watkins Glen and uh, Motorsport was for sure amazing for, for us, for the team, for, for everyone. And, yeah, especially also for Roman uh, to win his home race in, in Motorsport was, was awesome. You've been here before at Landmark Park, but it's been a little while. How different was the track, uh, what, nine years later? Yeah, I mean, from what I see, I mean, I didn't drive yet, but uh, it looked like quite similar, to be fair, so it didn't really change a lot. But, yeah, it was nine years ago, and time flies, to be fair. <laughs> it feels like yesterday. So, But, uh, yeah, let's see how it goes when, I, when we go out. The lap time should be a lot faster than the last time you were here as well because the GT cars have gotten so much better since the BMW days way back then. The Aston Martin seems like a very well-balanced car for this track, though, which should be up higher on the charts. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a track which shoots the car quite quite well with a lot of fast corners, no big braking. So, um, yeah, sh- sh- shouldn't be too bad. But it's very it's very short track, so everything is be really really close. And I think here the grid position has a big influence in the race. So uh, let's see. I mean, it's the first practice. Car looks in look good. Um, so yeah, we have to see how it goes. Looking forward to the rest of the schedule. You've been to all the tracks. Which is the one that has you the most excited? Yeah, um, I really like uh, Road America which is the next one. It's a really nice track to race and, um, and to be there. VRR, I did the pole positions nine years ago, first time I went there. So I like it too. And yeah, for sure, but Dillamo is always a, a special one. So yeah, I'm looking forward for the, for the races uh, which are coming and uh, yeah, and see if we can, I hope we can have more wins coming. Yeah, I hope so too. Good luck, Maxi. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ah, uh, what a smashing bloke. Uh, and uh, the thing I'll say about Max Martin, he's another... Driver, I don't think we're going to get it this weekend, but in the rain anywhere, he is absolutely improbably good. He he it actually doesn't seem to slow him down. All right, the the stopwatch will tell you slightly different. Oh, big slide through big bed at the start of the lap for the heart of racing. Aston Martin, that's the number 27 car currently in the hands of Roman De Angelis. That car sitting. Uh, in uh, 10th in GTD at the moment and the back end getting away from him there but he held it expertly didn't slap back the other way maybe just got on the throttle a tiny bit early maybe a little tight on that corner as well you tend to miss the second apex and let the car drift wide there and there's a little more rubber on the on the uh, middle part of the circuit, and he's straight into the pits. And again, two black marks from the uh, rear Michelin tyres coming out of the final corner there, as well as the green mirrored 
number 27 as opposed to the red mirrored number 23 which in fact is just going out so heart of racing obviously operating a one in one out uh, policy at the moment in the pit lane still Porsche ahead for Faf Motorsport in GTD Pro but only by just on two tenths of a second from Corvette Racing Corvette I'm sure revelling uh, in their recent victory in the FIA WEC led all of a lap and a half, two laps at Monza, but it was the last two laps, so it was the one that counted. Uh, the smallest number of laps ever ever led by a class leader uh, in uh, GTE, in, uh, in WEC competition. And so they were having a great time last weekend at the Italian Cathedral of Speed. And I'm sure that has filtered through back to the team here in the US. It's Ben Barnicott for Vasa Sullivan who is third at the moment, just 0 0.021. So the top three separated by two-tenths of a second, Jeremy. And, in fact, everybody, the whole field, within a second at the moment. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and, and Roman DeAndres, actually, he's, he's, he's uh, nearly three-tenths off the tail of it, so everybody else covered by just over six-tenths of a second. Yeah, it is, uh, it is very, very tight indeed. So uh, it's... And that's the way it's going to be here. And I just love it. I'm, I'm super excited about this race. I had this one kind of pinned on my calendar as, as a really fun one right from the beginning of the season uh, because because it's a fun place to go. And it's great to see that you know, the weather looks pretty good. Yeah, it should be fairly warm yesterday, but touch wood, we're not going to get those thunderstorms that interrupted the uh, and, and, and foreshortened by, by over an hour last year's race. Uh, let's go back to Shea Adam, who has more on Carbon. There was struggling with a clutch issue uh, earlier on, although, in, in fairness, they have still been putting uh, decent times in. Robert McGuinness is out in that car at the moment, and they still have the second-best time in the class. Shea, what's the news? The news is there were Lamborghinis at Daytona, you might remember, and TR3 rented one to Carbon for the last four races of the season. The team electing not to buy a new car because the Evo 2 kit comes out next year and they have every intent of getting their hands on one of those. Thank you, Shea. Shea Adam down there in the pit lane. I got a, an opportunity to have a, a real up close and personal look at the Evo version of the Super Trofeo car that we've been running here. In the States, I was in uh, Portimao last weekend for the 24 hours. My goodness, what a beast of a thing that is. And if the evolution of the GT3 car is uh, is anything like that, expect something uh, pretty funky. I, I, I really can't wait to see the LMDH car, that, uh, the GTP car that Lamborghini are going to come out with. Their, their road cars are... Uh, are fairly out there and when they have to do a prototype race car I can't, can't imagine what that's going to be like and, and by the way great to have a chat on Monday morning at breakfast with uh, IMSA and uh, NTT IndyCar driver Colton Hurtner just ahead of him getting his two day test for McLaren had breakfast with him on Monday morning and uh, with a bit of luck and a fair wind we might see him back at Petty Le Mans if RLL are running the two cars and he's very very excited um, about the BMW prototype concept uh, as well that we've seen and uh, wouldn't be surprised to see him in that car sometime soon he, he was Jeremy I've got to say it as you can imagine uh, he, he, I was actually delighted to see it he was properly excited 
before he got into the car on on Monday morning when I was sitting having uh, having breakfast with him and and that was lovely to see from somebody who you know a pro driver but still something like that still still gets his juices flowing and gets the adrenaline going it was great yeah brilliant and you know his, his dad tested a formula 1 car way back as well with uh, Minardi <clears throat> excuse me if I remember rightly so uh, yeah, very cool that the two of them at least have driven an F1 car Brian has not yet raced one but who knows whether Colton might get an opportunity to race one it's certainly on his radar screen and after that test I think very much more so so yeah super exciting for him and uh, what a great opportunity that he has been given we won't get into the politics of uh, McLaren and drivers at the moment <laughs> but I'll tell you what you, you just mentioned though oh, there's a, an off for the that's a red uh, mirrors on that car so that is a GTD Pro car off the road Aston Martin kind of a 23 Ross Gunn who is uh, fifth fastest in GTD Pro at the moment but only uh, three tenths off the ultimate pace that was it uh, uh, Big Ben by the way turn one yeah it was and it just uh, carried a bit too much speed into the corner uh, usual thing and runs off wide thankfully it's not too wet out there so he's able to get that car avoid the barriers and get back on again just be a, a long lap time but you're just talking about the uh, the uh, the GTP cars for next season. Mm. And uh, it's been a big week for GTP. There's another replay of him. Just just carried too much speed into the corner, uh, did uh, Ross Gunn. Been a big week, hasn't it, for, for, for GTP? Because, uh, first of all, which came first, actually, the horse or the car, but the, the, the Porsche ah. and the Cadillac yeah. both tested, didn't they, at Sebring this week. And then BMW confirmed uh, officially that uh, they, they're going to be running the, the the engine the power plant they're going to be running is is based on that uh, 2017 18 dtm uh, engine. which is a so, bonkers engine an absolute yeah. bonkers engine and we also had the the acura uh, as well uh, being shaken down and, and if you have oh, has it been it was supposed to be today i think wasn't it uh yeah sorry yes that that is uh, that is today yes absolutely so um that was confirmed uh, as well, I think it was Ricky Taylor who uh, was slated uh, to do that. Um, Lanky Turtle, at Lanky Turtle, had some great footage of the 963 and the as-yet-unnamed Cadillac GTP LMDH um, at at Sebring doing joint testing. And again, that, that goes to what we've been talking about, Jeremy, about this collegiate, this, this atmosphere of partnership between the teams right here, right now, to get this, along with IMSA and along with all the suppliers, to get this new formula of DPI cars, now to be known as as, as GTPs, um, to get them on track and get everything ready for the roll before the 24, and then indeed the Rolex 24 hours at Daytona next January. I, I think it's magnificent effort from everybody. Certainly is, and uh, I'm excited to see what sort of lap times they were doing. I haven't, haven't seen that anywhere. Closely guarded, I think, Jeremy. Is that right? Well, the, the, there were people there, so mm. you know, there have to be some unofficial times, surely, out there somewhere. Um, I, I know certainly it wasn't official test, so you know nobody will be uh, divulging too much information, but uh, if, if you're going to be a spy, be a proper spy. Oh, yeah, yeah. They are not designed to be as quick as the current cars. Um, that yeah. that that is what the regulations say, but you and I both know, Jeremy, that the regulations state that the uh, Le Mans hybrids uh, at, at Le Mans should be doing three thirties and they're doing three twenty fours. So uh, you know, so so uh, the engineers and the teams will always find a bit of extra somewhere. So I, I, I'm interested. I I I think perhaps early on we won't see them. Um, 
in their full potential because that that will be something that the the teams won't be sharing with each other. You t- you time our car with that stopwatch, and we'll time yours with our stopwatch. But yeah, and we'll kind of meet, kind of meet in the middle somewhere. Uh, we're just on, or just uh, coming down to halfway through this session, which started off at uh, an hour and twenty, so eighty minutes. We're nearly down to 40 minutes 42 minutes or thereabouts no real issues for everybody best lap so far is a 51 901 uh, in the pits at the moment if i'm just leaving now matt campbell for faf motorsports in the number nine plaid porsche it's the driveway and matul sponsored car and they've got about two tenths of a second over corvette racing's chevrolet corvette should be seeing the UGT yeah, which is a lot. Yeah, that's a lot round here. Yeah, that is a lot round here on a 52-second lap. We should be seeing that new GT3 uh, Chevy Corvette shortly as well. That can't be too far uh, away with uh, that car in uh, development at the moment, uh, along with the new Ford GT3. That's, I think, about a year afterwards. Some really interesting developments. And the new Porsche, of course. Uh, we've seen some proper footage and pictures of that now that have been released the new gt3r based on the 992 porsche man that looks evil wicked mean and nasty and uh, their customers are are being told from sources that i have at uh, porsche and at visac that those cars will be in customer hands before the end of this year for those that want them Uh, and that's important for here in imsa of course because they're expecting to race them at the Daytona 24 hours and they'll want to have something more than a short shakedown before they take on the twice-around-the-clock Florida Classic. In fact, we've got 36 hours in Florida, haven't we, at the start of next season again, thankfully. So spot on halfway through now, 40 minutes to go in. GTD, Gilles Gounon with the fastest time. That'll be the Gilles Gounon who's never been here before uh, <laughs> in the Mercedes. Uh, and he leads from Robert McGuinness Robert McGuinness for the car with Peregrine car that car was having clutch problems earlier on they're going to swap the clutch out they think between the sessions and then third uh, Winwood Racing and Russell Ward for the other Mercedes uh, but all separated as Jeremy said by uh, quite a small margin Heart of Racing Matze Martins just got in that GT3 Aston Martin V8 Vantage So let's see what he can do with that. And all bar three of the cars out on track at the moment, Jeremy. Yes, uh, it's uh, it's as busy as it's going to be, which is not too busy, which is great. A uh, good number of cars around here, I think. Uh, as you say, you know, short track, and uh, you know, it's not going to be a uh, it's not going to be a, a race where drivers are complaining about traffic getting in the way. It's just people you're racing with in the way. Yeah. Well, and that's what you want. <laughs> I think we have had full green flag races here before, and, and it's, it's not beyond the bounds of possibility that we might do that again on Saturday. Remember, it's a double race Saturday, so we do have a proper Super Saturday for you. Michelin Pilot Challenge, and we've got the qualifying for that coming up. We'll have live coverage of that as a little bit of a Friday bonus for you, pretty much straight after uh, we finish here. And then we'll continue with the free practice sessions for uh, WeatherTech before we wrap up our Fast Friday. But two races tomorrow for you. The FCP Euro Grand Prix, FCP uh, Euro Northeast Grand Prix, 
uh, for the WeatherTech Championship. Uh, and then we'll have the uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge on Saturday uh, as well. That's the Lime Rock Park 120. Uh, that is uh, off. Well, we'll be on the air just before 11 local time tomorrow. That's what, 12, 1, 2, 3. That's 4 o'clock in the afternoon uh, on uh, Saturday for you uh, if you're in the UK 5 if you're on Central European summertime let's head down to the pit lane Shea Adam has uh, another driver ready to talk to us and it's Stephen McAleer you mentioned John that uh, the double header on Saturday it seems like a great idea to run in the Michelin Pilot Challenge and the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship until Saturday when Stephen McAleer is one of four drivers doing both Stephen with every single session for you today and tomorrow how busy is it? Yeah, but I mean, I, I think it's a great idea. Uh, I love this. And, uh, you know, again, new track for me in the GTD car, so we're in practice learning this thing. Um, I think we're going to be fairly strong. Obviously, the, the times are super close. I think in the Michelin Pilot Challenge, there was 17 cars within four tenths of a second. So it's going to be uh, going to be a lot of fun. And as I had mentioned in my, uh, my discussions earlier, it's going to be all about track position. Uh, I'm excited. It is hot out there. There's no question. Um, we just found out that the uh, the cooler in there wasn't working, so it made it extra hot for a few more minutes, but we'll get that ready for practice too. Yeah, that doesn't help. Now, you mentioned new track. It's a good point. You've never run the chicane before. Mike Skeen in the car with you this weekend. He's also doing pilot challenge. Did they put a little diagram with extra arrows pointing at the chicane to remind you to take it? No, not really. I'm just watching the other guys with the brake lights and thinking, okay, yeah, we have to turn up the hill. I, I Don't get me wrong, I'd love to do it once, just to annoy everybody on the lap time, but... Uh, you know, it's going to be fun. I'm in the, the GT4 Porsche with RS1. Uh, get a new teammate this weekend, uh, John Castro debates, and uh, I, I think we're going to have a good shot at fighting for the win there. And obviously, there's a lot on the line with the Mercedes here, so we're, uh, we're going to work hard for Team Korthoff and see if we can get back on the podium. It's been a little while. Well, you mentioned championship leader and sponsor of the car, sponsor of the race. There is a lot on the line this weekend, but you thrive under that kind of pressure, don't you? Yeah, of course. You know, uh, again, it's all about qualifying and, and being in a good position. You know, we really spent some some hard uh, practice on the, the driver changes, and you know, I think that was what maybe led us down a little at Watkins Glen. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love the pressure. I love being in the spot that I'm in. I mean, I'm in I'm in with the best here, and uh, you know, we're we're one of them. So we'll, we'll keep running around. There's four races to go, and this could be a good uh, good championship uh, you know decider here. I think there's three cars in the fight. Uh, the Aston Martin is close and fourth, and uh, there's a lot of cars right now on the practice session that are up front. They're not in the championship running, so it's going to be uh, it's going to shake it around a little if it keeps like this. Well, the good news, Stephen, you got a lot of laps around here since it's such a short lap time this weekend. Good luck in both races. Thanks, you. Yeah, a lot of work for Stephen Magalia, but uh, he'll he'll absolutely relish that as you heard there. 35 minutes to go uh, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hynoff, that was Shea Adam down in the pit lane. And we have 35 and a half, point, uh, half minutes to go. Jeremy, talking about the uh, the points there, you've got the situation as we head into Lime Rock Park and the FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix. Indeed so, John, and, and it's, uh, it's ridiculously tight at the front. Uh, just five points separate Stephen McAleer from Ryan Hardwick and Jan Halen. Uh, 1765 to 1760. Uh, then Bill Oblin and Robbie Foley, well, they're only 
39 points further, back on 17.21, and then in fourth position on 16.60. So just over 100 points, which is not a lot with three races still remaining in the championship. Uh, seven races, four races to go in championship, excuse me. Uh, that's not at all. That's Roman DeAndres and the Aston Martin. So Mercedes, Porsche, BMW and Aston, really, really tight. Of course, the most recent race, which was uh, a couple of weeks ago at to Canadian Time Motorsport Park, that was not a round of the full season championship. That was only for GTD, a round of the uh, Sprint Cup Series. So uh, there weren't many cars, you'll remember at uh, Canadian Time Motorsport Park, but they're all back again here for this weekend, the, the cars that are going for the championship. And so, uh, you know, the, the fact that the, the Lamborghini wasn't there last, last time out, nor was the Porsche, in fact, nor was, nor was uh, McAleer's uh, Mercedes either, uh, but that was not, a, not, as I say, a round of the regular season championship. So game on here. Yeah, for uh, those that perhaps are just joining us this uh, Friday afternoon, late afternoon as it is in Europe, early afternoon as it is here on the Eastern Time Zone. Perhaps you aren't all fair with the situation that is effectively within the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship for the GTD category. There are effectively three championships. There's the full season race every race and add up everything at the end no dropped scores none of that well uh, but even even that though doesn't include there's, there's two races that, that are a part of that. Cup only yeah yes. so just yeah that's a, that's a good point so so actually i should have started at the other end there's a sprint <laughs> cup which is which is a selection of the short races including two races that are sprint cup or, or only there's yeah. the four longer races and then there's everything else uh, apart from those Sprint Cup races for GTD. In, in the other parts of the championship, there's, there's the full championship and the endurance, the Michelin Endurance Championship, but they don't have the Sprint Championship. Correct. And uh, a little bit complicated, but I, I just love that. It. it just gives more character. And, and that's, you know, that's, again, to the uh, address of the fact that you're here and VIR, which will come up uh, next month, are GT-only races. Yeah, I love those. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it just, uh, it, it's brilliant. And particularly this year with just GT, all running GTD spec there for those two races, I think uh, VIR is going to be really good fun. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Can't wait for that. And also it gives teams, you know, the reason that IMSA have done this, they didn't, you know, somebody at IMSA didn't just wake up one morning and as they were having their morning coffee go, oh, let's have another different championship. This has come from the paddock and it gives the opportunity. Uh, we, we had the long distance championship first and it gave the opportunity for some teams to, in some ways, dip a toe into a championship, have extra drivers, make a better business case uh, for coming to uh, Daytona and Sebring and Watkins Glen and a Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. And the team said, yeah, we kind of like to do that, but can we not do the long races? Because they're quite expensive to do. So could we do this? Can we have a, a short race championship? And IMSA sat and thought about it and, and kicked a few ideas around and came up with the Sprint Cup, and, and it has worked. And you've got teams like Gradient, Jeremy, who over the last two seasons will have done a full championship but they did the full championship they did the long distance races last year they're doing the sprint cup races this year 
Yeah, cool, isn't it? Really, really good. And, and this season we've got Rick Ware Racing with the uh, with the Acura just doing the uh, the Sprint Cup. They had their first podium finish last time out at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Really well deserved uh, that was there, and, and running up in the top five here as well at Lime Rock. So uh, yeah, excellent. Really, I, I really like what they've done with the, with GTD, and um, it, it always provides tremendous racing. It's Jeremy Shaw. I'm John Hindhoff. Shea Adams down in the pit lane. Into the pit lane to join Shea is the second place uh, of the GTD Pros and second overall as well. Tonio Garcia for Corvette Racing. It's three GTD Pros, then the best of the uh, GTs. And Shea Adam is watching that at the moment. And it looks as though Antonio Garcia, uh, Shea Adam, is going to be staying with you in the pit lane. Maybe have a chat with him in a second. Who's getting in that car? Is that Jordan? It must be. That is Jordan. Yeah, he was uh, squatting on the wall, waiting with eagerness in his eyes. He looked a little bit like a jungle monkey ready to get into the car because they've been keeping him trapped up for a little bit too long. And yeah, you were talking about Ricky Taylor testing out the Acura. Uh, Jordan was joking earlier saying, you told me you were going on vacation. So a little bit of awkwardness going on with the Taylor brothers right now. But nope, the number three Corvette is in this car, which won so many races last year. I think they had uh, nine podiums total on the season. They have gotten two so far this year. Looking to try and extend that because, of course, the podium finish at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park put them back on the right path of momentum. Yeah, it's what we were saying earlier on. And this car, not designed and built as a GT3 car, as all the rest of the the races are here uh, this weekend. But again, in the spirit of competition, the other manufacturers, the other teams, and IMSA, wanted to keep the bow tie, and particularly Corvette, involved and have allowed the old GT Le Mans car to be engineered to produce a similar lap time both from engineering terms and from balance of performance terms so it's had to have things like uh, ABS fitted to the car a different traction control system um, more more of a GT3 version of, of traction control so quite a, a, a few changes to the electronics and a, a lot of those a lot of those changes were made and tried out, and we didn't know this until afterwards, in effectively a non-championship run for them, uh, not recently at Detroit, but last year when they were there running in quote-unquote exhibition mode. And I thought that was really smart from everybody concerned to give them the opportunity to run that in competition, in inverted commas, but without actually being in competition with anybody else. It was in a race condition. And all of that has, has gone on to keep the, that bright yellow Corvette and obviously the drivers and the team in the championship. And again, Jeremy, you and I both know that there are championships around the world where that would not have happened. The other teams and the other manufacturers would have went, no, no, not having it. And, and yet IMSA and everybody else have come to an equitable agreement. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, and you know, that, I mean that exhibition race last year, as you, as you term it for G, for uh, GTLM, uh, it was it was purely uh, to give Chevrolet an opportunity to, to run that car, but uh, you know G, it, it, it didn't affect the the the, other, the 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 championship scoring classes in that race mm. in any way, shape, or form. So yeah, you know I think it's again a, a good example of, of IMSA. Um, 
doing something constructive and, and really you're know, working with the teams uh, and manufacturers of course which are hugely important to the sport uh, to give them opportunity yeah. to, to, to learn a little bit more about it and uh, yeah I thought it was great yeah actually you've said something there which hits home doesn't it it's about saying what can we do rather than what can't yeah. we do how can we make this work rather than the default answer being Absolutely not. Don't be stupid. You can't put a GTLM car into a GT3 category. Well, IMSA said, well, how can we do this? How can we make it work? How can we make sure that everybody's okay with it? And and that is that is a very good point that you've made there. It's, it's about that attitude. Really, really impressive. Uh, half an hour to go, just under now. No major changes to the time. So teams getting... The opportunity, I think, Jeremy, to get a little bit of fuel burn data. They'll be looking at the tyre wear and letting some of the drivers get some decent long runs and get into get into the rhythm of, of Lime Rock Park. As Shea was saying to Stephen McAleer earlier on, you get value for money here because you go around each corner rather a lot in a, in a relatively short space of time. A very good point. I mean, 52 laps, the number 57 windward racing Mercedes has turned in this session, uh, which is... Uh, not, you know, that's that's pl- plenty of runtime, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure that car's. It might. It's been in the. Has it been? Yeah, it's, it's made a few pit stops. It's not. There's not been you know one long run, but it's only been in the pits twice. Uh, I think the first one was just a, uh, just a you know a look see so to speak, just a systems check, uh, and came into the pits at the end of its first lap. So, uh, you know, they are out running a good long full stint, full stint in that 57 number 57 Mercedes, which is, I think, a really, really good plan. The, the, the race on uh, t- tomorrow, it's going to be probably around about 180 laps, 178 laps, I think, is the, the most wow. the GTD cars have turned in a, in a, uh, a two-hours and 40-minute race here. So that's kind of the benchmark. Uh, so it's plenty of running. 180. We've yeah, got to try, try and get We've that actually one. Last I think two years ago, the, the GT, GTLM cars turned 180 and the uh, the GTD cars were a couple of laps behind mm-hmm. at the end of the race. But I think that was the longest distance that the GT, GTD cars had turned here in that uh, in that time frame. It even accounting for the fact that we were short on time? No, no sorry, two years ago. Oh, uh, uh, sorry, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, do listen to what you say. Yes, uh, thank you. <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> well, that's funny because I never listen to what I see either. Down through the years, I found it the best never to listen to what I'm saying about yeah. myself. I let other people like you have got more, um, got more, got more sense and stats at your fingertips to pick me up on the nonsense I talk. Fifty-one-nine uh, against a, a fifty-two-one uh, for the two different categories. Coop McNeil now at the wheel of the WeatherTech Racing AMG in GTD for the rest of the season, as we heard from Cooper earlier on. And Gilles Gounon's time uh, is that 52-1, which is hardly shabby at, what, two-tenths away from the best lap that anybody has put in here when you consider he's never been here before, Gilles Gounon. Uh, that is really impressive. So it's uh, Porsche at the top from Corvette, from Lexus, the three GTD Pro cars, then Mercedes, then BMW, then Aston Martin, then Lamborghini. So I, I reckon that is six different manufacturers, seven different manufacturers in the top seven, Jeremy. Yeah, good math. Well done. S- Fabulous, by it? three and a half tenths, if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Oh. Well done to and, 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 and there has been there's been no changes to the balance performance by the way no uh, since since we were last uh, racing these cars and uh, 
Yeah, I think the shows shows about why. There's <laughs> not too much wrong with it. It's, they're very different cars, aren't they? Yes. But the uh, the performance characteristics are, are pretty darn close. I I I know that a lot of people come out in hives when you talk about balance of performance. But there's balance of performance and there's balance of performance. You can put your finger in the air and look at a lap time and sort of say, oh, we need to speed this car up, we need to slow that car down. And and that that is one way of doing it. That is not how IMS are doing it. Oh, just had the NSX running long. That was Aidan Reid taking the full track. Oh, and he's hit the uh, the tyre stack as well. Oh, he's done some damage there to the left front because he hit the... Uh, tyre stack rather than going through the chicane he'll need to pit here at the end of this lap we'll wait for that to get in that's a dive plane isn't it John it is, it, is, it is sticking out at 90 degrees that's not where that dive plane's meant to be oh now a bit of bodywork's just fallen off on the entrance to uh, the pit lane um, we'll get to share uh, for that in a moment when she can uh, get over the wall and have a look at that It's. I think it's going to be able to be Gorilla glued back on again or something like that. Uh, yeah, sticking your finger in the air and just looking at lap times is not how IMSA does BOP. They gather more data from each car across a weekend than put a man on the moon. I mean, it's extraordinary. They are taking data sticks after every session and you've got to turn them in with a certain time, otherwise you'll get penalties. And then that is being looked at very, very carefully uh, at the technical centre up in North Carolina and the numbers are crunched to make sure they have their own senses on some of the cars as well they don't just rely on things like throttle position and stuff like that so it's it's really important if you do due diligence the more information you've got and if you're looking at it from uh, a sensible point of view then you can get it done I'm not sure Aidan realised that there was a second tyre barrier there because he comes across the top of the rise and was slightly um, slightly unaware Jeremy of the the second two the middle and the third tyre stack there and he attacked that rather too quickly yeah that's a bit embarrassing quite frankly uh, one presumably would have done a track walk here and I'm also presuming that those tyre barriers were in place when mm. that track walk took place because of course the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series this weekend is not running Good point. Uh, the, the chicane down there. They are just running the regular uphill. So it could be that that tyre wall wasn't in place for the uh, for that track wall. He'd be annoyed with uh, himself. But, yeah. Mm. Shea, Adam, Shea Adam is down there. Shea, you did the uh, track walk, so you can tell us about that first of all, and then tell us about the damage to the uh, purple uh, number, uh, number 51, where racing NSX. Track walk first then. I did the track walk yesterday, and since the first cars out on the circuit were the Michelin Pilot Challenge cars, the tires were in place. So, yeah, uh, although that wasn't the part of the track that I walked, I really should have done two laps, I guess, doing 1.474 miles for the track that I did walk, a.k.a. the WeatherTech, and then 1.478 miles for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. All right, the damage, it's not that bad. Um, if they have a new nose, which I'm guessing they don't, it would be very easy to replace. There is some damage to the scoop in the hood, uh, the bottom carbon has some bits missing but the reason i'm venturing a guess that they don't have another new nose was because there is already damage on the driver's side front bottom of the air inlet there was some duct tape already holding that back on and that looked like previous damage sustained at maybe a former race but that car now going back to the garage the rickware racing mechanics are going to have a first
further look at it back in the garage space where more of them can gain access to it. But it could be as simple as you throw a couple bits of 100-mile-an-hour tape on it, you put a new dive plane, and then you can send Aiden back out. This is another one of the tracks, John, that he has never been to. And the kid who is a NASCAR engineer, let's remember, he should be pretty good around a place like this. Uh, yes, turning uh, right rather than left, though. Thank you, Shea. Uh, the left-hand front dive plane was taken off. It didn't fall off, but there was some uh, bodywork lying up at the top of the uphill. So that, that something has fallen off, maybe from underneath or maybe from behind that front uh, that front air dam stroke slipper, st- uh, splitter of that car. So with just on 19 minutes to go, just under 19 minutes to go, that car's gone behind the wall and for a moment we've actually only got five cars out on track Jeremy so opportunity for anybody who wants to put in a couple of quick laps maybe to get them in whilst there's uh, very little traffic out there yeah that's a good point we've got to, uh, yeah, another uh, another hour and uh, 15 minutes of practice later on um, this afternoon here and then of course it'll be qualifying later this evening 5:40 local time will be qualifying just a one session of course because we've just got the one category of car here uh, but uh, so they've got plenty of track time today and uh, i don't think there's really no need to do any sort of qualifying sims right now they'll just be concentrating i think on getting the car right for the race yeah we have the split session coming up for practice two that's it uh, five past three local time here at lime rock park uh, we'll be on the air about five minutes before that. So that's 8 o'clock UK, 9 o'clock in Central Europe. And then we'll go qualifying uh, at uh, 4.45 local time. So that's, uh, again, 9.45 for Michelin Pilot Challenge for TCR and GS. They'll run back-to-back and we'll have coverage of that. That's a bit of bonus for you if you're away from the track. Don't normally get to, to do that for you, but because of the... Very short nature, the truncated nature nature of this weekend, effectively a two-day meeting. Um, we'll do that. And then qualifying for WeatherTech Sports Car Championship uh, with uh, that starts at 5.40. So, again, that's 10.40 or 11.40 UK and Central Europe. And, of course, uh, we'll have that for you live in sound and vision um, for you. Now, I, I'm not sure that there's any coverage on... Uh, on Peacock for that uh, this weekend so I'll, I'll check with that to see if you've got coverage in the US you'll always get the audio but if you're outside the US we've got uh, sound and vision for that and then Saturday um, WeatherTech warm-up is five past nine uh, we've got the uh, Michelin Challenge from uh, uh, just before 11 we'll be on the air for that again these are all local times uh, and then we'll be uh, on the air at uh, 1.30 for Michelin Countdown to Green and then the Hall of the WeatherTech Championship uh, for uh, the for the FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix uh, from, as I say, from around about 1.30 for the uh, for the Michelin Countdown to Green. Uh, check that. From uh, 2.30. My apologies. I can't read my own writing. So 15 minutes to go, and if anybody was going to do any bits and pieces of 
quick running. It might be now. Share, Adam, any new Michelin tyres coming out over the wall? You can remind us as well um, how many sets people get this weekend. This weekend, it is very straightforward, having only GTD here. All right, the variety of pro and non-pro. We've got seven sets of Michelins for every car that turned up to this race, and the minimum drive time is 45 minutes across the board, so that's easy and taken out of the way. Now, I saw John Edwards come into the pit lane in the BMW M Team RLL number 25. He came in. They did a very quick pit stop, put sticker Michelins on. They have the car plugged into the wall, and they are signaling as if they're going to lower the car. I'm wondering if they just did that as a practice pit stop, or if John is going to go out and give us a mock quali run. I think hmm, I think it's Connor's turn for qualifying this weekend because they seem to have been uh, bouncing back and forth every time. Yeah. But still, John Edwards could put on a show. He's won here a couple times before. Down through the final corner. Thank you, Shit. And it's Turner BMW versus Lamborghini. And the Turner BMW got a better run out of the final corner uh, and yeah. heads into the first Turner, uh, turn the right hand at Big Ben, Jeremy. Yeah, indeed. And uh, that's the first uh, time improvement we've had for a long, long time, actually, for, probably for about better part of half an hour, maybe even longer than that. Uh, Bill Oberlin just got up to second position in GTD then. Uh, a one, f- oh, excuse me, one, a 52.164. <laughs> See what I meant uh, about recalibrating, Jeremy? Yeah, exactly right. Uh, and I, I knew I was going to do it. It's just a question of how long it took before I did it. Uh, but now faster again goes Russell Ward up to second fastest overall in that number 57 Windward Racing Mercedes. He turns a one, a, a, a 50... He turns a, yeah, first in GTD, a 52.030. So uh, that's the best time of the day so far in GTD. Oh, wow. So now with, uh, what, uh, less than 15 minutes remaining, uh, we're seeing some significantly improved lap times. Yeah, so that might, might suggest some new tyres after the long runs there. So Jamin yeah. from Ward, separated by a tenth, a tenth and a quarter. Uh, and then 0.055 of a second back to Jordan Taylor now in the... Corvette Racing number three, Chevrolet. Point zero two one back to Jack Hawksworth. Are you seeing a pattern here? Point zero three two from Hawksworth to Cooper McNeil. Point zero two six. Yeah. So there's apart from first to second, you can go all the way down now to the gap between ninth and tenth. Uh, and there's not a tenth between any of those cars, and considerably less in some of the, those cases. So a tenth and a quarter between first uh, and second, and then half a tenth or less between everybody else down to ninth and tenth. Extraordinarily close. But what we would expect on a 52-second lap, you're talking about percentages here, Jeremy, aren't we? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's uh, it is super super tight, and as you were saying earlier on, you know, it's all the different manufacturers in there right now. It's Porsche, Mercedes, Chevrolet, Lexus. Then a second Mercedes, then a second Lexus with uh, Frankie Montecalvo just jumping ah, up into yeah. the mix there. Third fastest in GTD, and Bill Oblin there all of a sudden finds himself uh, bumped down from from second to fourth in the overall GTD uh, table, and just ahead of the pro entry of John Edwards. Actually, at that time, set by Colin Filippi very early on in this session. So, under 12 minutes to go now. And this Friday afternoon coverage, just coming past half past noon at Lime Rock Park. Thanks for joining us. And what will be a busy weekend uh, for us here. 
covering three IMSA events at uh, two different venues. We do have some racing on Sunday. That will come to you from Toronto for Porsche Cars North America uh, and the uh, Carrera Cup presented by Visit Islands.com. Two faster times in both of the two categories and returning to the championship after a a little time away after injury, Jack Hawksworth, Jeremy, to the top in GTD Pro. And Mike Skeen to the top for Team Kortoff in that Mercedes number 32 in GTD. And uh, now th- that gap between first and second is down to point zero three five of a second. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, welcome back, Jack. He, he's been so excited and looking forward to this. He, he hoped to be back for Watkins Glen a few weeks ago, but uh, the doctors wouldn't give him clearance. He had a, a very nasty... Uh, motocross accident uh, back home in, in in Yorkshire, I think it was, and uh, a nasty crash. Did quite quite a lot of damage to himself. Uh, one of his uh, uh, lower extremities and, and his back was pretty badly tweaked as well. So uh, he he's been back over here in the US trying to prepare himself, get ready. He thought he thought he was ready to go for Watkins Glen. Doctors said no. They said no again a week uh, the, the following week for Canadian Time Motorsport Park, but finally he's got the clearance. He's been doing a fair bit of work on the, on the simulator in North Carolina, uh, and he's ready to go again, and, and it shows. And great to see Jack back again, and the, and also to see him in that Vassar Sullivan Lexus at the top of the charts. Yeah, really good. Uh, class is permanent, as they say. Yeah. Form is temporary, yeah. class is permanent. He's worked hard. He's got his fitness up. He prepared properly. He's come back in. He's been plugged back into that number 14. Lexus RCF GT3, and he's right at the top of the chart. And goes quicker again, actually, that time around. Yeah. Stretch his lead to fully half a tenth now <laughs> between him and Mike Skeen for Court of uh, Motorsport. That big battle in the GTD Manufacturers Championship, as we were hearing earlier on, uh, Mercedes having a scrap with pretty much everybody else uh, in there. It is extremely tight in both of these categories as we head into the business end of the 2022 season. Pit lane callers then for WeatherTech AMG and the number nine, Mathieu Jaminet, Faf Motorsport Porsche. Oh, wow. New fastest time again oh. by 0.006 this Well, that's time. another returning... Uh, that's a returning yes. team and car. I mean, it, it's it's not the not the same car uh, as Shea was telling us. So whatever problems they were having with the clutch earlier on has been addressed, and now John Edwards goes to the top in GTD Pro. So both categories of GTD have improved. Fifty-one-seven now for BMW M Team RLL, the M4 GT3 uh, of John Edwards, the number twenty-five car, and a fifty-one-eight. So again, less. Than a tenth of a second between the first two. We're inside the last eight minutes. Let's go down to share Adam, who's down at BMW and Turner Motorsport with Robbie Foley. Robbie, this is almost the perfect kind of weekend because it's your home track, as close to New Jersey as we can get, and your birthday week. Happy early birthday. Driving a BMW at Lime Rock Park just seems to be one of those things that goes well. Yeah, it's always good. We uh, we love this place. It's the team's home race and my home race. I grew up watching racing here when I was five. I was uh, sitting in the left-hander on the hill there, so it's uh, only about two hours from where I grew up. Um, closest home, yeah, closest track to me at home, and uh, we've had some success here in the past, a couple of podiums. Um, we're learning this new car here, uh, trying to dial it in, but uh, yeah, we got two races, one in GS and one in GTD to try to have some uh, have some luck at home. 
I was joking with McAleer earlier about how the team reminds him to try and go straight or take the chicane. For you, at least, it's the same car. It's the same team with Turner. Do you have any indication as to which BMW you're in, as to which way the track goes? Luckily, the seating position in the two cars is very different for me, um, so I can tell. But, yeah, I was like, to my engineer as a joke, I was like, just remind me to break and do the chicane uh, on the first lap. But, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's got to be the only track in the world that you run it. A different configuration between sessions, that's interesting. keeps it exciting. But uh, I love the old uphill, too. It's cl a classic corner, so both are fun. For the race tomorrow, it, it's going to be difficult for people like you and me who don't really get a break in between the two. You're finishing the pilot challenge race and then starting the WeatherTech race. How hard is that physically when the temperatures are, well, lime rocky? Yeah, it's been brutal in years past. Luckily, this new car has a great uh, AC system, so hopefully that stays working and uh, it won't be too bad. The, the most difficult thing here is the lap is so short that you do like 100 laps and you've only done like 20 minutes. So you're like, oh, I got a long way to go. It's very repetitive, and the tire deck's pretty high, too, so it's a lot of work. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it helps a little bit because you know where the track is at and, and stuff like that. But physically, it's definitely definitely pretty demanding. It's not going to be quite as hot this year, so hopefully it's uh, a couple years ago, I remember, it was pretty brutal. So we should be in better shape. Yeah, it was. And this is going to be your 50th start in WeatherTech this weekend, so we we got to make it a good one. Now, there's one thing I have to ask you about last year. I was at home watching it on video, and I could not believe the amount of curb that you guys could take in the M6. Is it the same in the M4? Uh, we're experimenting with it. The M6 was, uh, yeah, we were, it was never our best track, so we couldn't get to the chicane very well, so we tried almost everything. Uh, and sometimes we were four feet in the air. Um, this car, we haven't experimented to that degree yet but we'll see if we can jump it a little bit but uh but yeah there's a famous picture of bill like maybe four feet off the ground with no tires touching the ground so i don't think we'll get that quite that crazy but we'll give it a shot well it saves tire life when you're uh, not with tires on the ground you were doing something pretty cool last weekend the m4 gt4 car at portamao is that any sort of indication that we're going to see you in one of those next season i wasn't there i wish i was but I wasn't. Uh, but I'd love to be. Yeah, and, uh, we've heard great things about that new car, um, and it should be good. It's just basically an evolution of the other one. The street car, the new street car, is really impressive. So that DNA is going to transfer into the new race car. So I'm excited to hopefully get a chance to try it. Yeah, Turner with a couple of those on order should be a good season for Robbie. Robbie, first, good luck here this weekend. Thanks, appreciate it. That was uh, my fault. Sorry, shit. Um, uh, it was the car that was there, not Robbie, uh, which I didn't make clear to share on the uh, on the talkback. Uh, yeah, the the new body shape for the new M4 uh, GT3 uh, at Portimao last weekend, and really interesting looking car. And also, they've got rid of quite a lot of the carbon fibre reinforced plastic that uh, is normally used for body parts, and they're using. Um, a new material, not a new material, but a, a material from a company called B-Comp that uh, BMW are in partnership with, which is made uh, from uh, flax fibres. So it, it's it's plant-based, which I suppose you could argue carbon fibre is as well. It's just the carbon in carbon fibre is a lot older and has been a lot more compressed down through the years than the the, the flax fibre stuff. So it, it, it's renewable, this flax fibre compound, and it has the strength and lightness of of normal carbon fiber uh, some really interesting developments on that car for next year particularly 
for the for the electronics side of things running GTX uh, last weekend because it hasn't been properly homologated so the new M4 so I think I said GT3 I meant GT4 of course uh, for that car for next year and again BMW hoping to get those to their to their uh, customer teams and the homologation should be finalised before the end of this year get those to their customer teams before the end of the year well done to BMW for bringing that car out in competition. They've done it before, as have Audi and Mercedes-Benz, funny enough. Uh, AMG in the uh, uh, in the IMSA Partners, the Creventic Series. Although bad news is we're not going to get the 24 hours of Sebring this year. Global logistics of, uh, issues have knocked that one on the head. So we'll have to wait till next year in November to see the twice round the clock race that we saw last year which was fantastic so last two minutes Jeremy you're happy with what you've seen um, seven tenths eight tenths of a second between first and second two different classes all the manufacturers there or thereabouts and pretty much the whole field within eight tenths to a, a second yeah that's right seven hundredths uh, almost eight hundredths of eight thousandths of a second uh, between the top, yes, excuse me, tenths, no, no, eight, eight hundredths, you're right. Yeah, uh, eight hundredths is between first and second, uh, and supertitled all the way down. You have BMW, Lamborghini, Lexus, Mercedes, and Porsche, the top five, so different manufacturers in there. The Corvettes, only, uh, you know, not too far off that, uh, off that bracket as well. So, yeah, I think it's been a really interesting session so far. Lots of laps, uh, it's been nice and nice and clean. Uh, just the one little incident, I think, for that number 51, uh, Nurtec. Uh, Rick Ware raced the Accurate, had a bit of an off uh, at the uh, at the bus stop. But uh, other than that, all good. Let's uh, let's head down to Shea Adam with a, a minute to go. She's at BMW M Team RLL, who put the fastest time in. John Edwards is still in the car. Uh, an air of, of calm and confidence down there, Shea. Yeah, they're very calm down here, John. They're just sort of going about their program. And Conor Filippi, it's always a good thing when you can come to Lime Rock and have the fastest car, at least in the first practice session. Sets you up for a good rest of the day, doesn't it? Yeah, it's looking good so far. Uh, we've found a few things with balance to help us out. I think we certainly haven't seen the speed of uh, the Corvette or the number the 9 Porsche. I think uh, they have us covered by a, a fair margin in Sector 1, and then they drive around the curbs in sector two so there's plenty of games being played out there we're just focused on ourselves um keep trying to improve the car a little more and see if we can close up that gap in the first sector and try to have a good race car yeah i mean the other guys they've got you covered on speed but they've also had all the good luck and you guys have had nothing but the bad luck you come to a place like this you can do strange things with the setup to try and give yourself an advantage is that sort of where you're looking at this weekend yeah, we, uh, we're trying to brainstorm a few things to see if we can unlock the next step of the car here. Um, right now, it has a pretty similar to feeling to the car had at Laguna, so just kind of a lot of sliding around, pretty low grip today, and obviously tomorrow's going to be even warmer, so that's not going to make it any easier. So um, luckily, I'm just the spacer, and the engineers will will get behind the laptops and try to see what we can come up with. But at the moment, it's, it's great. Um, you know, we haven't been here for a couple years with our team, so nice to be back here. Um, and yeah, track position is going to be key and obviously long run pace with tire degradation is going to be 
super critical, so that's the focus right now. Other than single lap pace, just trying to get a nice, consistent car for uh, 70 laps. Qualifying is also very important here. Uh, you get to do the duties today? Yeah, I'm the lucky one. Uh, I'll get to qualify today, and I'll do the start, and then John has the uh, the longer stint in the race to finish. So certainly the pressure's on for quali, but, um, yeah, we'll just keep doing our best. That's all we ever do, and if it's, if it's enough on that day, then great. If not, then we'll keep working harder. Thanks, Connor. Good luck. Thank you. Connor de Filippi, teammate of John Edwards, who's put the fastest time in this afternoon uh, for GTD Pro and overall, but barely... And not even a tenth, three quarters of a tenth between that and the best of the GTD cars. We'll let Shea hustle down there. So it's BMW number 25 for BMW M Team RLL on a 51.7. 51.8 for Robert McGuinness and the car barn with Paragon Team. Uh, and they've already quit the pit lane. Uh, so we won't get a chance to speak to them. We're struggling with a clutch issue earlier on. Let's see if we can get more on that when we get come back at just after three o'clock local time uh, Jack Hawksworth welcome back Jack to a second place in class third overall for Vassa Sullivan and a couple of three quick laps strung together for the Yorkshireman in that number 14 Lexus Stephen McAleer and the team quarter for Mercedes AMG GT3 in fourth position then Faf Motorsports Porsche in fifth sixth for Winwood Racing Phil Ellis getting a couple of laps at the end there in the number 51 car 57 car, excuse me. Seventh for Jordan Taylor and Corvette. Uh, Antonio did the uh, lion's share of the work early on. And we're still only talking about three and a half tenths away from the fastest time. Cooper McNeil uh, in the WeatherTech racing car finished the session for them after Shields Gunon put him some very impressive times early on, considering he's not been here to, to Lime Rock Park before. So that's the 79 and 8th, the 12th, the second of the Vassar Sullivan Lexus. I think Frank Monk de Calvo did the full session there in the number 12, the GTD version of the car. Bill Oberlin in. Uh, 10th position for the number 96, 6th in GTD class. A couple of cars maybe you would see out of position. Alex Ribeiro's heart of racing. The number 23 in 11th. And Aidan Reid, they had to come in early after Aidan clipped uh, a couple of the tyre stacks on the uh, unencumbered uphill. So not taking the bus stop chicane on the uphill. He ran long and then perhaps was slightly surprised. Missed the first one. Not sure he was sure that, uh, not sure he was aware that those other two were there and uh, clipped one with the left front and then hit the other one straight straight on with the nose in the 51 Rick Ware Racing Acura. Madison Snow for Paul Miller Racing in the BMW M4 GT3 there in 13th position, 14th for Ryan Hardwick and Wright Motorsports who seem out of sorts again today. We've had a couple of tough uh, weekends and Maxime Martin for Hart Racing, Aston Martin uh, in 15th position. Thoughts Jeremy on, on what you've seen and then we'll uh, and then we'll wrap things up here. Yeah, lots of fun. Uh, good, good lap times there. Good, um, you know, good preparation. I think by all of the teams, most of them concentrating on, on longer runs. I think during that session, but uh, some some good uh, runs on fresh tyres towards the end. So, uh, you know, we we haven't learned. We've learned a fair bit, but not not there's not much more to be learned in this afternoon session as well, John. So we'll be back at about three o'clock local time. That's eight in the UK, nine uh, in Europe. Thanks to Jeremy Shaw, who was alongside me, John Hindhoff, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Thanks to all of you at the track and to Shea Adam uh, down uh, on the pit lane. Of course, our technical crews both here at Lime Rock Park and further afield at 
uh, up at Charlotte, where NASCAR Productions are making sure we can see every single spot on the track. Make sure you come back for uh, free practice too. Then we've got qualifying for Michelin Pilot Challenge uh, and qualifying for WeatherTech with a bit of bonus coverage there for uh, Pilot Challenge. Sound and vision for WeatherTech for you for later on this afternoon. All the details at www.imsaradio.com. Thanks for being with us. We'll speak to you later. Bye-bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.